Welcome to episode 37 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengiz, and we are hosted on Geekade.com. What's your geek? So, new year, new format. We're just going to talk. Is that <laughs> weird? Is that weird that we're not going to have a rigid structure and know what we're going to talk about beforehand? I don't think so. Is that I'm any- a master of improvisation. <laughs> Is that any different than what we've been doing previously? I mean, and- technically, we used to have a structure and we would like say, okay, we're going to talk about this and we're going to talk about that, magic first and D&D. We'll talk about whatever we want. Like, have you played any games recently you want to talk about? Sure. Okay. Um, See, I didn't well, even tell Jack as we were doing this. Yeah, just started it's true. Doing it. It's true. Uh, games I've been playing recently. I, I just beat Celeste. Um, How was that? It was really good. Uh, I only beat it like bare bones. Like there's yeah. like a whole bunch of stuff. You could get 100% it. But like uh, I had it on my Switch and I was like, you know what? I want to finish it eventually. So mm. I was like, you know what? Let's get it done. There's only seven levels. I could do it. And yeah. uh, and I did it, so I'm I'm pretty proud of myself. I can knock that one off and move on to something else. <laughs> how's your ba- How's your back? Oh, it's no good. I mean, like it's good. It's better. It's a hundred percent better. So, for those who don't know, I I uh, twi- like tweaked my back last week. Two weeks last week. Uh, it was so bad that I was literally ninety degrees. Like I couldn't stand up straight. Otherwise, I'd get crazy back spasms. So I had to actually go to the hospital. And get a muscle relaxer injection so that my body would stop like going crazy. I had a full day of bed rest and I've been, I had to dramatically change my sleeping habits. Uh, But other than that, it's just, it has to heal now, which is, I can stand up straight and walk, but I still can't lift anything heavier than like 15 pounds uh, without, you know, worry. Other than that, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> they checked they checked did they tell you it's a slip disc or something or no the x-ray didn't show anything like out of the ordinary it was mm-hmm. like nothing was out of place as they said uh and well, I, I did a follow-up with my doctor uh and everything seemed to be fine so it's just a matter of just healing and stretching and you know being good about it it's all those squats jengus <laughs> it's funny <sighs> like i wish i had pulled it doing something strenuous but I literally pulled it getting up off the ground. Wow. Like I got up, I like I got up and I, oh, there it is. And I was like, the <laughs> old man Kuyas. I mean, it's there just he is. <laughs> It's just part of getting old. I'm 33 now, man. It's it's just part of getting you're older. So are you kidding me? You're acting like you're 80, dude. You're a young dude. That's not normal for a young dude, man. Yes, it is. After, once you, for, dude, in what's, your 30s? Come on, man. I could do a backflip. Let's go. Oh, all um, right. <laughs> um, what about you buddy yeah you know uh had a had a run of some bad luck but uh she seems to be turning around i'm glad to hear and, that and uh we're gonna actually close on the new house at the end Ooh. of march so i will be moving um and i will have to figure out I have to, we have to start packing. We really haven't packed anything yet. And we have boxes and bubble wrap and we just haven't had time to pack. Um, but maybe we'll get some packing done soon, but I'm already thinking about uh gaming room 2.0. <laughs> nice. Um, it's this, uh, this is nice basement room and it has like everything you could want. It's like secluded. Like it has like, it's its own section of the basement. It won't be like, you know, my current setup um, for our diligent listeners is uh, my gaming room is in my basement 
that I currently have, but my basement is effectively three rooms. One room is a small, or four rooms. One room is a small laundry room. One room is a bathroom, and one room is like the furnace storage room. And then there's like the main finished part of the basement. Um, the main finished part of the basement is like a very elongated, like room. Um, it's about, I'd say maybe 10 to 12 feet across and then like 30 feet, uh, you know, long. So it's very, it's, it's, it's very long, but it's not very wide. And my gaming setup for our tabletop sessions that Jengis and I have here, um, consists mainly of half of that room because my house is so small that the other half is like a dining room set that we don't have any room for upstairs and and just all sorts of other crap um and so like my what what was a very nice spacious area for gaming has felt cramped and small and tiny um what's nice is in the new house it's like its own room of the basement. There's not a door there yet, um, but we're we're gonna put in either like floating barn doors, Ooh. or possibly um, I might either make or buy a Murphy door to put there, Ooh. which would be cool. You know, pull the book off the shelf and have the door open up, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it'll be nice because it'll be like it's it'll be its own space, and and technically that that room is bigger than the 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 space that I've crammed my gaming set up into now it's its own um, thing it's its own thing so you know thinking about that excited about that obviously you know there's a lot of stress and worry as as anyone would have with moving um but you know in terms of in terms of gaming it will be uh i believe very um um a positive change i think I agree. um in general i mean there's that's not the only reason i'm moving i'm just saying in terms of <laughs> all right what our, we're moving just for this gaming room <laughs> that's right <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a better it'll be a better setup. And I, like I said, I know that's a, you know it's not what it's all about, but it'll be nice. It's nice. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, I mean, games I've been playing recently. I mean, if we're gonna talk video games, if we're gonna go really <laughs> off the radar right now, um, I played uh, I played through Kingdom Hearts three. You know, ah, yeah. Finally, yeah. The <laughs> Rock has come back. Um. And I don't know, like, I feel like I, I've been hearing not like a lot. I mean, most people love it, but yeah, I, I, you've been hearing two, criticism from two. Yeah. I found some criticism on Facebook from two friends of mine who, or one is a friend and the other one is like sort of an extended friend in, mm-hmm. in the sort of like universe of our, of our friends. <laughs> um, one is, one is Kate, one was Katie and the other was another person in our little game of the year channel. Yeah. Um, and I, I just disagreed with everything they were saying. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like getting into an argument about it. Like one argument they had is they were like, you know, they felt like the worlds weren't as fleshed out as previous kingdom hearts games. And I was like, I think exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. I think these are the most fleshed out we've ever had kingdom hearts worlds. And they were like, they don't think the worlds were as big as old worlds. And I'm like, I disagree there as well. I think these are the largest maps and worlds that they've ever had. Um, I just feel like part of me wanted to just be like, are you sure you're just not remembering 10 or 15 or however many years ago correctly? Yeah, like, I mean, it's been a while. <laughs> and and as a kid, just like all things, time is relative, right? So it's true. 
it probably felt longer and maybe looked bigger, but in essence, this is, it's just not the truth. And also, I don't know if they replayed any of the games, but like I went back and for a while I was playing Kingdom Hearts 1 with my son, sort of getting him, you know, to understand the, the a little bit of the game and the characters. Before <laughs> now, now, here's how the story of Kingdom Hearts works. You see, <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't. Long I didn't ago, go that, I, there was I an Ansem, and then no, he no, made another Ansem. <laughs> I didn't even bother with any of that. I just <laughs> literally, um, we just, you know, just like, just like anybody else would have, I just started with kingdom hearts one before there was yeah. all of the convolutedness. And I was just like, let's just play this game. It's got Mickey. There's goofy. There's Donald. Like, you know, here's characters, you know, Disney, you know, <laughs> right. And you know, it was, uh, and it was fun. But like, my point being is, is, you know, having just replayed that those maps are so tiny. Yeah. Those worlds have barely anything in them. And I'm just like playing Kingdom Hearts three is a staggering difference, and I just I couldn't believe. I don't know. To me, it just seemed unusual. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also like a conversation through Facebook comments, and not really like a you know a face in person. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But even still, it was just it was just unusual to me. Um, but mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it. I'm a couple things I'm shocked about. Like I I was really shocked to really shocked never, that Nomura never got over versus 13 being canceled. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, no, I, I was really shocked that, um, the one game I actually, there are two, there are two games I didn't play. Never played union cross. I never played union cross, which <laughs> used to be called, you know, key and whatever that you know whatever the original was and then eventually became union cross i never played that and i never played um recoded which was the other like bad mobile game yeah that Um, they made a video for in one of the compilations but that's just the thing is they also made a video for they made a full like a full 3d like cgi movie that is all of union cross all of the important cutscenes compiled together yeah um so I before Kingdom Hearts three, like I had gone back to refresh my mind about all the games and, and in addition had watched the video of both Recoded and had watched the video of it was called Kingdom Hearts Back Cover Key, which was essentially all of Union Cross's um <laughs> all of the Union Cross cutscenes together into like a an hour and a half movie. Yeah. I am shocked how important that that in particular was <laughs> to the third Kingdom Hearts. Did you yeah, play? Did so- you play this is, uh, uh, in all honesty, uh, I just wasn't in my budget to pick it up as a full price game. So I, mean, I, I borrowed mine. I could have, but at the time was like, I'm either going to get spoiled later or I could just watch a playthrough now. So I watched the playthrough. I still want to play it because it looks like it's <sighs> in, enjoyable to play. But, Buddy, um, but, not uh, the same. I know, but, uh, I, I, I know pretty, I, I watched the, uh, several playthroughs at this point. Um, and you know, all that is therein, and yeah, um, that's so sad though because like yeah, oh. it's just the time, man. You know, I didn't, I have. Uh, you should have just waited and held out because you don't know. It might have not been spoiled for you. You might have, and even uh, spoiled, it'd have been one or two things. It wouldn't have been like the entire game. I mean, like I don't, I can't say that I remember like the entire game, but I mean, I don't know. Do you I, know the I, ending? I, I mean, you know I, the ending. I, I know the endings. Well, well I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well then, I mean, like, I, I played through, and I got, 
I didn't, I haven't hundred percent of the game yet. I, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't platinum it. I'm thinking about it, but there's just so many things are really tedious. So many ratatouille recipes. <laughs> oh no. I finished that. Oh really? While, oh yeah. That's easy. Cause I feel like that was, that's like the most tedious. <laughs> oh no, not at all. Is ratatouille the, recipes were super simple. Is it the gummy battles? Um, um no because once you get omega you your battling becomes stupidly simple is it the mini um, games it's actually no actually the the <laughs> no the, the the hardest thing in that game for sure <clears throat> to complete if, if you're going to platinum the game in my opinion is <clears throat> pardon me is fully synthesizing every item oh. at least once because material drops of uh, are the grind to get material drops is real. Like it's it's okay. a it's a it's a awful awful time, um, and that is the most tedious thing. Like you can ace a mini game easily, and you can you know I mean like I didn't have any any issues with anything else. I just don't know if I have it in me to grind out all the mats to make one of everything. Like I already made, I got my ultimate weapon. Yeah. I got save the queen, save the king. Like mm-hmm. I have the best weapons. Like I, I did that already. Um, and that required a whole lot of extra <laughs> stuff to do. Ultimate um, weapon is goofy. <laughs> oh, no, goofy is goofy, but oh, ultimate true. weapon in kingdom hearts three. Oh, so good. I love the animations of it. It's so cool. Um, but anyway, it took a while to, to to complete, but I did it. But like, I don't know if I could go back and get like if I could buy the mats, I would just buy them. I have I think the amount of times I actually used gold in the game is is minimal. Mm. I I don't think I ever really the only time the most gold I used in that game was just to keep getting postcards to send to get the Ori Calcum Plus that I needed. It was one of seven Ori Calcum pluses that you need to make ultimate weapon. Yeah. And so I think the most money I used, and even then it wasn't a lot because you can just buy like little tiny items, like five potions and, you know, get a postcard. That was the most money I spent in the game. After that, I don't think I really ever bought anything from the shop. There just wasn't a need to, um, so it's almost like the money's useless in the game because you really can't even buy. You can buy like low level mats, but you can't buy the the high level rare ones that you need to like grind out through enemies. And I just I just don't know if I have that in me. But getting back to what I was saying, so I I was shocked how important um, the the prequel story is to the game, just in general from from the beginning. Um, let alone all the endings, but like even in the very beginning. I was like, wow, okay, like, you know, once again, heavy, or, well, we should probably preface this with heavy spoiler alert for Kingdom Hearts 3 yeah. um, from this point forward. Uh, once again, I'll say that one more time, heavy spoiler alert for Kingdom Hearts 3 from this point forward. So in the very beginning of the game, even Maleficent asking Pete about the black box, I was like, wow, I would have absolutely zero idea as to what that is or what that means had I not watched this one particular movie. Like, that would literally mean nothing to me. And then, like, you know, obviously reoccurring with that. And then the ending, the ending of the game. I mean, once again, I'm going to say one more time, heavy Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers. But the ending of the game, finding out that Bragg is actually, or excuse me, uh, you know, Zigbar. He's Bragg. 
is actually <laughs> is actually Lushu, and that he's bringing back all the other like ancient like masters. So weird. And I'm just like, what is this? Like, what is going on? And also, like, what? That, a, like, I was that expecting made me things. So mad. <laughs> it it didn't it didn't make me mad in a like how dare you do this? It made me mad because I'm, I was under the impression that this game was the end of this sort of story. And if that's the new story, like I just, I was like, how, how different? I also don't really know. Like he said that this is the end of Sora's journey, but it doesn't seem like it's the end of Sora's journey at all. And I'm really interested to see what the DLC is going to bring. Um, Cause that secret ending was like, Ooh, that was wild. Um, yeah, it was a little like, I don't know. Eh, it's just to me, I was mad because like I got mad because I I was like this. No, Nomura, this is it. You're done. Don't make any more of these. This should have been like it. This should have been like the capstone on the trilogy. And then no more kingdom. Maybe if you want to make ancillary projects, that's fine. But like Dude. it just. It's, it's, I, I'm I, I'm all for more. I was crying from from just about the time, about during the Keyblade ga- graveyard fights. Yeah, right after Sora comes back to life, the all of the Keyblade graveyard fights, and as like plot, as as like plots just begin to end, like the little like you know all the open strands begin to close up uh-huh. like i was just crying and then the ending like i was crying non-stop yeah. because it was just so heartfelt and i'm just thinking to myself like that's the other thing that is a criticism i will say kingdom hearts 3 is will not hold up on its own no. i'm not in the way like i mean <laughs> could you play it and possibly enjoy it as a standalone game i the possibility is there but it is not meant to be a standalone. Like you, if you play Kingdom Hearts three, if you want to get the most out of it, you'll have to have pl- and not just. It's not enough to watch summaries. Like you'll have to have played at least Kingdom Hearts one and two, if not a bunch of the. I'd say Birth by Sleep one and two at least those three games at least, just to, um, get that like sort of. Of course, you got to know who. Terra, Aqua, and Ventus are. Otherwise, right. their scene is just like, why do I care about these people? <laughs> but it, it's not its not enough to know. Like, you have to have played through the games and formed an emotional attachment to the characters yeah. to really appreciate the... the conclusion to their stories. So right, because it really is... Um, it really is great, and it's heartfelt. Um, it is. And it's interesting, like, you know... I just hate I hate how much how many mysteries are still left open and I'm hoping he has announced DLC so I'm hoping DLC will fix some of them but like the whole game revolves around that stupid box and we still don't know what's in that box. <laughs> it's still a complete mystery. What's in the and, box? <laughs> and also the fact that the master of masters only comes back for a split second in the secret ending is really bothersome to me because I'm just like We've been waiting to find out like what the what the master of masters deal is, and he all he does is make a heart shape with his hands at the moon, and then he's like, Haha, and uh-huh, I did, <laughs> and also and like, but like, oh man, but still though, I, I will say that it was it was a great game. It was it was great. I I loved it. Um, 
and d- despite my despite its ending being a little bit agitating in in some ways um i was very i was very very pleased with playing it nice for sure it was it was great i'm um, glad to hear that you know what else i've been playing recently what'd you play i've, I've been playing a lot of mtg arena what? Um, Dave, you said that you were done. You said I that did, you were but I you also, said you were at a point where like you said like there's no catching up, there's no point for you to play. <laughs> I I did and I and I and I did feel that way strongly, but I sort of forced myself to give it another try because mm. now that my collection's gone, I I need I still oh, want that. Finally? Oh, did we not? Oh, well, yeah. Well, the last time we casted, they were still counting the oh, cards yeah no soon after we casted they i that's gone my hey. they're all gone i mean it's not really a yay it's kind of a it's a bittersweet thing like i like i said i kept the four decks but it's really weird not to have my collection anymore and to know that i'm i'm at least for the time being done collecting magic cards yeah um it's really sad like it's a sad chapter of my life i've never not been collecting a card game for like almost I th- pretty much my entire life. And it started with magic. Magic was yeah. the first one. And that was in like fourth or fifth grade. Um, or actually before that, even like third, second or third grade, I think it's when I started collecting magic cards. So, I mean, I really can't remember a time where I haven't been actively collecting a trading card game. And mm-hmm. it's weird having that chapter sort of close in, in, in a way. Um, not that it's completely over, obviously it's still going to be a part of my life and whatnot, but it's just, it's just weird. And, you know, it's also a shame because I didn't get I didn't get nearly as much money as as the collection was worth. Um, mm-hmm. But the one thing, the one moment of it that made it really the timing of it made it really nice only because um, I, I, as I said, I'd, I had originally done it because of the move. Yeah. But, uh, you know, maybe TMI for our listeners, but my, my wife actually two or three weeks ago lost her job. My wife. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe not that time. I know. No, maybe not that time. Don't know how she's going to feel about that one. Um, but she, that uh, one out. yeah, she ended up, uh, you know, unfortunately she got let go from the company she was working for, which is yeah. fine. It, we, I actually think it was a blessing in disguise. Just the timing was really awful. Yeah. Um, but had we not had, had I not sold the collection when I did, we would have been in a much worse position right now. Um, just in terms of managing bills from, for it, for the in-between of her, yeah. of her being let go and her getting her new job, which giving she yourself that cushion. Here, here's here's the, the my wife moment. My wife did, in fact, find another job. Hey, um, so my wife. <laughs> there it is. Um, so, but in the in between would have been a lot more painful. So it really made it. It despite despite the the bitterness that I have of having to do it and and that sort of like ugh-ness of doing it. Um, the timing was like like it worked out yeah. because it it really helped. Um, That's so good. anyway, I, I needed to have that outlet. I, I, I still want to, and I also, you know, for us, for this show and, and not just for this show, but for me personally, like I still want to keep up with magic, the gathering, if I'm not collecting physical cards, of course. So I was like, you know what? Arena's free. And you know, maybe once or twice and once in a blue moon, I, I might, you know, everybody <laughs> once in a blue moon pumps money into a, a freemium game like that. But yeah. even then, like, I don't expect to, I'm not going to be dropping, hundreds of hundreds of dollars into arena. Like I can yeah. play arena for free and be happy. Um, so I finally logged back into arena, 
and restarted the, my, my arena collection. I finally took them up on collecting those three, uh, you know, quote unquote, full art promos of the planeswalkers that they gave me for being in the closed beta. Oh. Um, and I just pretty much like I looked online to see what the current meta was for arena. Did that um, net deck. And, and <laughs> one, oh, what, what, what's up? So you did that net deck. Oh yeah. Um, but one of the, uh, one of the decks that were that were be, that was being suggested to be played was a similar style deck to I had. There were two decks I had made when I started Arena. The first deck I had made was Merfolk, mm-hmm. um, which is actually still in there somewhere. Um, I don't know how much it's being played, but it's still actually somewhere in there. Um, Blue green Merfolk. Um, but then the second deck that I had had, but it wasn't at the time. It wasn't as as powerful. Was I had had an um, like an is it deck? Uh, it wasn't really is it style per se, but it was based around this card, Enigma Dragon. Um, Enigma Dragon is a one blue, one red, one colorless, um, zero four flying dragon. Hmm. That its power is in is equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard oh that's perfect Um, for a blue deck right for a blue and red (laughs) deck deck, Um, yeah so i had had a deck sort of based around that card but at the time that was like that was it that was the only card that like you know pretty much did that and really had anything to do with that um and since that time a second dragon has come out that does exactly the same thing it's, it's one mana more it's two blue and two red specifically it draws you a card when it enters and it has the same power toughness combo as zero four and you know gets pluses for instance and sorceries it's called schmenigma dragon. i think it's called i know i think it's called like crackling dragon and and then there's a, also a, a terra dragon which is like a little dragon that has adapt its adapt cost is really high it's seven of anything and one Oof. blue but the the seven gets reduced for every instant sorcery you have in your graveyard so if you have seven instances sorceries in your graveyard for one blue it gets adapt four and the, the one one flyer becomes a five five flyer so long mm. story short this this like this deck has been made with these three creatures kind of at its core and I was like, well, I remember playing that deck when it was like not as good. I was like, that seems like something I can get behind. So I pretty much just, and it also, it wasn't in terms of like cards that you need. There's no, let me think about this carefully. Yeah. In, in the original version of the deck that I saw, there were no mythics in it. I added a mythic. I put the Ral's Eric that I got for free in yeah. it because I figured why not? Um, and it works out really well. Actually. I like Ral's Eric in that deck. Um, well, it's the, not the original Ral's Eric, it's Ral, is it Viceroy or something? Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, that deck is pretty much all, you know, some rares and then mostly commons and uncommons. So I was like, That's in a terms nice of, deck. it is. And I was like, in terms of, you know, being able to catch up, so to speak, quote unquote, I was like, I feel like this would be not only my play style and something that I enjoyed playing, but it would be the, the easiest to sort of come by. So what I ended up doing was I ended up, uh, just grinding out. I had still had some gems that they had given me for free from like way back. And gems are the premium currency. Gems are the premium currency. Coins are regular currency and gems are premium. Um, and like from the closed beta, in addition to those three 
cards. Like I had logged on to a couple event days and I had something like three or 4,000 gems saved, saved up, mm. which was like enough to get me a decent amount of packs. And also some of the packs I got from doing, um, I did some, uh, some drafts, um, which allowed me to get even more rewards. Um, mm. but long story short, slowly, but surely after, and I can't even really say slowly. I, I started like a week ago and I already have the deck just the way I want it. Um, and I've started playing ranked constructed matches Ooh, and look at you, you start grinding that and, ladder. Yeah, man, I'm already, uh, I'm at the top of the silver rank, so I'm about to become gold, I guess, is next. I don't know what comes after gold, but... El Montoña um, de Oro. I have, I mean, knock on wood, I have a, I have a pretty good win streak going with my deck. Um, but uh. yeah, man, so I, I ended up... Uh, I'm, I'm kind of like back in there, and what's nice is that, you know... Now that I am back in there, it's a good way to, to stay on top of it and play it. And I actually, you know, I mean... I, I, as I said to you, I think maybe you should play it as well. Then it'll just keep us kind of fresh on what's going on with magic without actually having to invest any money. Yeah, I mean, it's free. I mean, I could just stop playing my my gotcha phone games and just play MTG Arena. Right. <laughs> I mean, that that's the other thing. It'll be really nice. I keep trying to search for news. Wizards hasn't really announced when they're finally closing down the beta and moving on to a full release. But like, yeah. I really, I've, I really want that phone version. You, I mean, you know, it's coming, but like, yeah. I just, I want that, that mobility to Maybe it. Maybe at uh East because they seem to be shaping up a lot of, uh, a lot of content for an East, especially with, uh, they're going to fully reveal war for the spark at e- PAX East. Yeah. Uh, and also I, I'm sure, uh, which I will be going to, that, to. <laughs> expect another Jengus unloading of the packs information. Um, they're also probably going to have a whole bunch of D and D information there too, right? You figure like another annihilation, something or another, maybe. No, not, not coming not, to packs. Not, not east. Not east. Uh, they're probably going to save that for. I think they already announced that like they're going to have a similar stream of annihilation esque event, right? Um, but there's going to be you know their own kind of thing. I mean, they announced. I saw. I literally seconds ago, I saw that they had a they a announced new a new a new book, yeah, an adventure, yep. a high seas adventure, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. Nautical combat. Yeah, it's, it's called Ghosts of uh, Salt Marsh, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, it's levels one to twelve. And I was just like, oh, this will be it's, this will uh, be fun. It's similar to uh, Tales from the Yawning Portal, in which that it's a it's a compilation of. A uh, couple uh, solo uh, adventures. Let me see here. One, a uh, couple solo adventures that kind of like you could put anywhere, right? Um, or you could just oh. play them all together, right? Uh, they all kind of revolve around a theme, yeah, which is nautical. Right. Yes. Um, so that's that's fun. Um, you know, it's uh, and that's going to be released uh, May twenty first, mm-hmm. and there's going to be a, a fun. A fun uh, limited edition cover if you buy it at your local game store. Uh, Which, unfortunately, I will not. Thank you, D&D <laughs> Beyond. <laughs> oh, but everything's possible with D&D Beyond. Uh, but yeah, I, I, beyond that, I mean, like, I feel like they do... Uh, beyond that. <laughs> nice. Um, I feel like they probably will announce, like, something for later in the year. Right. At, at their stream of whatever. Um but, you know, we'll see. Uh, but maybe there will be news. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I mean, hey, speaking of news, man, uh, Wizards taking away MSRP from uh, products. <laughs> oh, boy. 
That's uh, what, are you, what are you doing with specifically magic? I don't know if did they say all products, or they say just magic. Uh, I think it was like just magic, right? Jesus. I know it was a magic article. Um, but what are your have we talked about this? Like, what nope. you, what's your it came up in the in between? Uh, what's the starting with War of the Spark and moving forward, Wizards of the Coast will no longer be giving magic products, manufacturers suggested retail prices, or MSRPs. Yeah, that's uh, weird, man. That's really weird. How do you feel about that? Um, uh, personally, as someone who's not really buying a lot of product, I'm kind of like, you know, like, oh, that sucks uh, for the consumer. Um, is okay. So, so, so shape, shape, your thought, shape your thoughts from, from the eyes of the consumer then. Uh, in the eyes of the consumer, now we don't have anything to base prices on. So a store can put any price and you, now you, the onus is on the consumer to be more aware of the prices that other places are charging so that mm-hmm. you can give yourself a, you know, uh, a range that is appropriate. Instead, before we could just be like, oh, I know this is 30 bucks because it says here on the product, 30 bucks. Or you look it up online, it says 30 bucks. But now right. it's just so nebulous. But apparently this is, you know, because global... Because in the global market, MSRP is not as, you know, a, as much of a thing. It's so <laughs> stupid, though, because, like, you know, I mean, granted, the the dumb example I use was, like, you know, a kid walks into a shop and it's like, you know, how much is a pack of magic? And the guy's like, how much you got on you, kid? And he's like, you know, I got $5. What do you know? It's $5. And then, you know, someone walks in and he's like, yeah, it's two fifty a pack. And uh, charges two fifty to the one guy, and you know five dollars to the kid. Not that I think like that's necessarily going to happen, but no, like there's I don't definitely, think so. there's definitely a it definitely could happen. And then the uh, but the other thing is it's not. I don't think it's just bad for the consumer. You know, I think in in a lot of ways, it's it's also bad for um, all the retailers too, because in my opinion, like now you're gonna have you're gonna have the hagglers. Right. You're going to have the hagglers come in, the ones that are going to be like, you know, oh, hey, can I get like, let me get that new dual deck. How much is it? And they're like, oh, dual deck. It's, you know, 30 bucks, 30 bucks. Oh, no, I saw it in Target for 25. You know, I'm just going to go to Target. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know. Now the retailer is going to be like, oh, like shit, like, oh, no, wait, 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 oh, I can do, I can match, I can do 25, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not that I think that'll happen often. I don't but it's, so. but I mean, people I'm, already do that, you know? Like, but, they, but, but they don't really, and, and even then, like with MSRP, you know, the retailer can be like, well, that's below MSRP, so I mean, go to Target if you really want, but like, here's what I, I honestly know. feel. I honestly feel like the average consumer will not notice, like the... The casual player will not notice. Right. Um, it's only really like the the people who play the market. You know, they're the people right. who are going to really like pay attention to it. But mm. I just I think uh, it, it'll just I mean, we'll see. You know, I don't. Dude, it, it reminds me. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like. Reminds me of buying buying cards in the early nineties. Yeah, like I, I'm sure MSRP was around then, but like I just feel like I remember in like early to late nineties. In trading card games, I would go to one shop and a pack of cards would be like three twenty-five, three or actually at that time it was like two twenty-five, two fifty. And then I'd go to a completely different shop and the same pack of cards would be like four fifty. 
And I'd be like, what is going on here? Like, why is this why is so much here? Why is it so little there? And I feel like we're going to see more of that as well. But mm-hmm. also, it's it's also going to cater to... I mean, not that this doesn't happen already, because it still happens with MSRP, but it's also it also caters to... Um, Sort of like the rich get richer, the poor get poorer. Mm-hmm. I think I think stores like you know like Bearded Dragon that has a ridiculous like they've they've got it made. They have a a continuous stream of income coming to them from from players. They have a a solid base of people that are going to be buying product both in person and online and attending their events. And because they're making such a large profit on them, they can afford if they wish to keep their prices pretty modest, if not even cheaper than the average person, because they know that what they're going to you know, they know in turn what they're going to slash in price. They're going to make up for just in sheer volume. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, you know, you're going to have the, the wild pigs of the universe that are maybe hurting and like, you know, not that this works well, but the, the trap, the trap of the whole system of any, of any price system, I call it, you know, recently I dubbed it the Toys R Us uh, issue, yeah, which is like when you're hurting for profit, you tend to increase prices to try to make up for that. But the problem is, if you increase your prices, you lose business, and then it's just like a fucking vicious cycle. Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what happened to Toys R Us when Toys R Us started to having to compete with the online market, and they started to lose profits. Toys R Us did not slash prices to mm-hmm. match to match competitors. They kept prices the same or in some cases raised prices, which in turn lost them more business because more people were going in and saying, why would I buy this, you know, Power Rangers action figure for $15 here when it's literally $5 on Amazon Prime that I can get right now? So, you know, the, that Toys R Us philosophy, I, I really yeah. feel like could start to apply to more and more uh, brick and mortar magic stores mm-hmm. especially without msrp not once again like you said the average consumer probably didn't know msrp to begin with anyway but i just really feel like without that with that sort of knowledge of understanding that no one's really gonna know um i just feel like that gives more range for for things like that to happen and once again i don't fault a, a business that's hurting for for doing that but like you know it's that's a lose-lose situation anyway, because like I said, the problem is if you keep your prices the same or increase them, you lose even more business. And if you decrease your prices, well, then you're pros- you're you're not getting you're you're hurting even more and getting even less profit. Yeah. But you got to figure out a way to to you know make it up with volume. But regardless, I don't know. So I have mixed feelings on MSRP from like the standpoint of trying to put myself in the shoes of someone that would still be collecting magic, but considering uh. I'm not. <laughs> I guess it doesn't really matter for me now, does it? No. But, uh, um, you know. Oh, also, to our listeners, now while I'm thinking of it, this is a random side thought of MTG Arena. If uh, right now online uh, there are certain codes you can put in to get special packs. Uh, I shouldn't say special, but just like free packs, um, which they started to implement. And uh, they are non-unique. They are just the same regardless. Uh, you can look them up online, but one is if you put in Play Ravnica or Play Allegiance. Uh, one of them I think you have to put in all caps. The other one I think is just the P and whatever the letter of the set is capitalized and the rest normal. Um, you will get you three packs of each of those sets uh, for free, which is also really nice. Um, and those codes, every time a new set comes out, if they keep doing this, I'm sure you can look up online to find out what the new code is of the set. Um 
I also found out that the Planeswalkers decks, like the not the dual decks, but like the you know the the, the crappy ones that they make, like the in addition yeah. to whatever the set is, those have the starter unique, decks. The starter decks have unique codes in them um, to get you those cards that those exact decks in Arena. Oh, it's not gonna, yeah, it's not going to make me buy. I'm not going to spend money on Paper Magic, um, but you know, that's a nice, that's a nice, it's a nice thought. Right, like if I was playing both, that would be nice to know. Not that I really want to buy those decks, but it'd be nice to be like, oh, cool, I can get you know cards in both. So, mm-hmm. also, you should look at during packs because they've been doing a lot of uh, like con arena codes. Like you go to a con of some kind, and they'll give you like a, a you like either a unique code or even a non-unique code for that specific con um, that you can go home and like get certain cards from so when you go to pax east (laughs) do me a favor and look out for some arena codes of course of course my friend i will be sure to do that yeah so how's uh how's gloomhaven going for you um in your in your your other game i'm so bad like uh we we played actually very recently now you mention it um and uh i'm horrible because I can't average. Because when it says average player level, I was like, oh. So I just add all our player levels together and then divide that one by whatever. Uh, it, it, I skipped a step, essentially. And I made our encounter level four when it should have been like level or level three when it should have been level one. And wow. uh, <laughs> we almost did it. But uh, but uh, I uh, I got it right the second time. So we were able to get you were able to you, get it done. You, you have to have it and round it down. That's yeah. the, that's the step you were missing. No, the step I was missing was average means you take all of them, divide it by the number of players, take that Correct. number, have it. Have it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't I didn't divide it by the number of players. Oh. Yeah. That's not an average then. No. <laughs> um but yeah. And that's that's because like I I run a lot of it like I'm the DM so to speak like there's usually one person who like knows the has a scenario book you know sets up the map and all that and, right and I'm that for that group. Um, the only problem is are you going are you encountering spoilers for adventures that we haven't been on yet? No, or you, we're we're, we're okay. behind. We're behind. Um, okay, because it's gonna. I mean, what is behind? At some point, you go. You know what I mean? Like there's. Yeah, I know freedom of movement i mean it's just unfortunately gonna be a thing i mean like i'll do my best now obviously i won't metagame uh in either game uh you know like i didn't tell them that oh we should go in this room or i didn't tell them like oh this treasure chest is just a trap don't pick it up you know like i knew it was a trap but like i didn't tell them that you know i will be fine um i'll be fine Speaking of speaking of cross gaming synergies, finally finished the most recent time stories with the home group. Oh, nice! And which yeah. I told you obviously, and uh, yes. you know we it's it's a strange turn. We crit failed. Um, <laughs> Is it a failure though? <laughs> it it what really it really it got under my skin a lot, and I think it got under their skin too a little bit because I think they all. They all thought I was wrong. <laughs> like they all just assumed that 
I don't know. I think they thought they had plot armor or something. Like they just so one heavy time story spoilers. Um, we mentioned, I think we mentioned um, a while back for, for the campaign, if, the module. What's the name of the module again? Well, I mean, I'm just no, no time stories oh. in general because oh, okay. I'm, I'm going, I'm going back. Oh, um, but uh, yeah, just consider anything of time stories. Consider this a spoiler. Um, going back to like two or three modules ago. Um, there was a, an opportunity you had to become one of three factions because there's three factions in the Time Stories universe that are sort of at war. There's the the agency that you work at, the Time Cop Agency. Um, then there's like what we call the Saiyans. Um, I think it's probably like not pronounced that way, but it's close enough to where we're we, like, it's the Saiyans. We pronounce them Saiyans. Um, yeah, we just prefer Saiyans because DBZ, but you know. Um, so there's the... There's the agency, the Saiyans, and then this group called the like Eloas or Eloas or it's kind of, you know, I mean, it's a French game. So if you pronounce it in the French way, it'd be Eloa. Um, but if you pronounce it English, it would be Eloise or Eloise. Um, but the Eloa, um, there was a, there was an opportunity we had to be to either stay true to the agency or essentially defect to one of those two other factions due to a decision at the end of one of the expansions of time stories. And in, I believe I mentioned this in a, in a previous cast, but if not, um, my, my, my role play, cause we really, we like to role play a little bit when we do it, but the role play of my character, I was loyal to the agency Yes, and I, and I did not want to defect, but my three companions were intrigued by specifically the Saiyans saying that they had knowledge of our agency and that our agency was not being truthful mm-hmm. and that like, you know, it was corrupt and this whole thing and they bought into it and we defected. And in time stories, they always say decisions are made by majority vote. And if ever a tie, the time captain, the current time captain is the tiebreaker. Um, yeah. But this didn't matter because it was three on one. So I... I, you know, I, I wasn't going to go against the rules of the game. That's, you know, the game is played this way. So as much as I, I wanted to argue and continue being like, no, let's not do this. I went along with it and we became Saiyans. And then the, um, the time they give you like a website and on the website, there's mission debriefs. And if you are, if you're just part of the agency, you can only ever read the, the original debrief. But if you're part of one of the other two factions, you can read the original debrief, put in a code and then read like a special story debrief. Um, the true that, story. Right. That like kind of revolves around your faction. Revealing the so truth was, about the time organization. Actually, there's a couple that have come out that I haven't read. They, they mm-hmm. like they did a, a number of them recently that I have not gotten up to. Um, but anyway, uh, so I was like fine with Saiyans now. I guess I'll, I'll just like, you know, it'll be what it'll be. Flash forward to the most recent uh, expansion, the Brotherhood of the Coast. And we are literally... We like you can see when you play a time stories game, you can see the different types of successes and fails there are. Sometimes there's just two. There's just like either you win or you don't win. Try again. But I'll always remember in the first one um, that Jengis had mentioned to me when when we were all new to it, and Jengis was sort of like helping us through. Um, he had mentioned that like there is a essentially a, a like a red fail card that in sometimes can mean can literally mean that you you have to stop playing the game like you have yeah you, you failed have, you, you have, have failed and 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 it's different than like 
when you run out of time in most of the expansions, you get a, you do fail, but it's usually like a you failed, but since it's, since it's just a time thing, you can warp back in and try again, and usually there's some modification to it. But I was always afraid of getting the perma fail. Not to say you couldn't cheat and play and play again anyway, but. I don't want to cheat. Like the game is meant to be played in these ways for a reason. And as much as that sucks, like that is, that is what I, I, you know, I will listen to the game. So going into brother of the of the coast, there were four types of successes and fails. There was a regular success, a regular fail, a critical success and a critical fail. Looking at the critical fail, the color scheme of it being a red-backed card, I had a feeling, I was like, this is the card that ends the game for us. This is the card that says, like, we really seriously messed up, (laughs) and we, you know, we're done playing this expansion. And what bothered me is the mission of Brotherhood of the Coast is you are, there are four time cops that essentially went rogue in in Caribbean-era pirating place, and you have to go to the Caribbean... You have to essentially find the four dudes who are in they're they're currently inside like, you know, um, vessels just like you are of like, you know, random other rando pirates. And your job is to assassinate them like you have to kill them to get them out of the timeline. And, you know, and and that's that's pretty much it. You just got to go kill them. Go kill Mm -hmm. these four guys. That's it. No ifs, ands or buts. And. Three of the guys leading up to the big bad of the, of the game, three of them, you can actually choose to, like, spare them and they'll become your companions. Um, and then on the companion card, it literally says you can discard this card to kill this person at any time. So my companions kept wanting to, like, side with these people because they had they had great... Um, boons to your game like the companions gave things that made the game easier mm-hmm. so we kept siding with them and using them until we didn't need them anymore and then killing them but i kept telling but each one of each one of those three first companions all said how this one dude that's like the big bad <laughs> they were like he's really bad don't let him talk just murder him on sight they even wanted him dead and and so we finally got to the point where we're at the end of the game um we had like the best ship and like we figured everything out and it had been months since we had played. Yeah. And and we get to this guy and he offers like he's like, you know, you could fight me or like we can talk this out. So they choose talk and I'm like this is not a good idea. I'm like I'm telling you if there's a way to critical fail this mission, this is the way <laughs> it happens. Like I just have that feeling if we let if we if we do this, this isn't going to be like the rest. Like we need to kill this guy, and mm-hmm. they were all like, "No, no, no! We get we got to hear him out. We got to hear him out. We can always kill him later." Oh, I'm like, no. "Okay." So then it gives you one more try. You talk to him, and it gives you one more try to either a go with him or b kill him. And I'm like, "It's the game is telling us to do this. The game is giving us like." It's asking us, like, is this your final answer? I'm like, we need to kill this guy. And once again, I was outvoted. And sure enough, that from that point forward, there was nothing you could do. The game autopilots. You skip two complete areas that you never get to actually explore, which we also found out because I looked through the item cards. We also found out we lost two potential cubes we could have gotten because we skipped these two areas. And... Essentially, he takes over your minds and makes you a part of the LOIs. So now 
were agents that became Saiyans that became Eloise <laughs> and we crit failed the mission and the game was over and I was pissed and I think they were all a little shocked because they I don't think they expected the crit fail but I just like I was just so upset um, only because like I'm very competitive and I love each and every one of those guys but I just I just I hated the fact that they just didn't listen to me because I knew it was going to happen and I really what bothers me is like I really didn't get to see the very end of the game mm-hmm. because it went on autopilot and to top that off like i hate i mean hopefully they planned for something like this if you're a part of all three factions but like i just i hate how convoluted it's it, like our our place in the story is yeah and i'm not sure how it's going to be i can't imagine it will be handled gracefully i have to imagine we're just going to be considered lois from this point forward which I really didn't like because I started to really come around to the like I was I was loving the Saiyan stories and I started to be like wow like this is actually like despite my in-game character being upset like this was really cool and I hate that now I have to give that up and and be LOIs instead the weird part is when you finish the game it gives you whether you get crit success or crit fail um or reg- if you get regular success you don't get this I think did you get regular success or crit success um what did we get we got the Scion ending. I don't remember which one that was, but like we didn't crit because crit means you gave everything to the agency, I believe. Huh. See, we we crit failed and essentially we got a QR code that led us to a countdown clock. And just for giggles, I scanned the QR code of the success and it led to this whole story that I didn't read because I don't want to spoil anything. And then it said that in the new expansion coming out called Madam um, to take like item 12. Well, this clock finally stopped, stopped counting down. But now I don't know if it's a mistake or not. But now if you go to the crit fail site, it redirects to the crit success. So whether you crit success or you crit fail... You now are getting the same instructions, and I don't know why or if that's a mistake, and they just haven't implemented what they need for the crit fail yet. But I just found that really unusual. Yeah, um, that sounds like a mistake, doesn't it? Though, but I mean, I'm assuming they would have fixed it by now. But anyway, interesting enough, I just looked up the board game geek uh, board game geek entry for Time Stories Madam. Yeah, and it says. Uh, after this adventure, nothing will ever be the same again. Well, they've announced that this is the end of the current story arc. Which makes sense. Like this is the this is the culmination of like every like whatever whatever expansion comes after Madam will be of a like <laughs> this is the Kingdom Hearts three of uh <laughs> <laughs> see what I did there? Bringing it back. This mm. is the Kingdom Hearts three of time stories. Um but anyway, yeah, you know, that's that's pretty much that's pretty much where I'm at in, in the gaming world. Yeah. Yeah. And now just, uh, you know, moving forward from here, figuring out what's next on the list. I, uh, still getting emails for my backing of that Avalon game, which would be cool. Um, but yeah, man, that's, yeah. that's about it. I haven't, that's all had, I, got. I haven't had time to play board games a lot. Otherwise, just because the, uh, the group I normally pay, uh, play with, is uh the they're actually moving themselves to another house so that's been consuming a lot of their time so we haven't had really a chance to have like a board game day which is you know i understand but i'm excited for when they move as well because just you know it's nice i'm I'm happy for my friends Um, (laughs) um 
Well, I think that just about wraps it up for uh, for this for this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about like how how's your uh, how's your D and D game? Do you get any chance to play? Oh, we're we gonna we're we gonna we're gonna just update everybody on these uh, a little bit. Why not? I mean, I honestly, honestly, I just I haven't I haven't played any. Uh, I really have. I, I was, I've, I've been playing my school game, but it's you know, it's it's slow because we only get like an hour or so. Yeah. Um, a day. The only real development is the characters finally took that one girl to a cleric of high, you know, stature, and the cleric revealed that you know, oh yeah, like her soul is gone. She's a husk. <laughs> I, um, I called it a husk. I made it like an in-game like lore thing, Ooh. like a creature that the cleric had only ever read about but had never seen. Um, something where you know a, a a a humanoid whose soul had departed but had come back to life and retains all of like the memories and and the you know the essentially the computerized version of what was a person. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, so now the characters are fully aware that there is like something seriously wrong with this other character, and how they handle it from this point forward will be interesting. But otherwise, we really haven't really played much D anD D, which is why I was kind of trying to. Avoid the topic. Per Fair se. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be honest. When my when I strained my back, I I had to put the game on hold as well. Um, but beyond that, we're still trying to finish chapter two. I'm getting there. I mean, that's <laughs> what that that's what we're in. We're there. The the last thing they have to do is so they they are all unanimously harpers, not necessarily by choice, but that's just how I developed the game because. Plot wise, I just made them. I sort of very much uh, pigeonholed them into being Harpers, um, just because I thought, for purposes of new newbie game, that was just the easiest faction to sort of, you, you, you know, your general like we're the good guys faction. Um, and it just, I, as opposed to my other game where I let I let them pick if they wanted to become parts of factions at all, and if they did, I then like gave them faction missions in the chapter two. Yeah. Um. But I really just, uh, yeah, you know, I I'm, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I made them Harper so that they're just they have to finish up their one Harper mission and then chapter two is over, which is they have to go find Mark C and the tar- the talking draft horse. Nice. Um. I also might incorporate an idea that you had in your game. Uh, because there's always this joke, two of my characters or two of the characters in the game are tieflings. And, uh, I don't want to give this away in case any of them listen to this, um, which I don't think they will, but even just still you, you had told me a certain idea about incorporating a, a certain plot from a different season with certain characters into your game currently. Um, just giving it that little spice of, of, of moral ambiguity and what's funny is two of my characters are tieflings and they always make a joke about, you know, as they call him Papa Mode, you know, as Mode is Papa Mode, Papa <laughs> oh, no. Mode. And I just thought it would be interesting to show them really what this guy is actually about. <laughs> um, and I'll just sort of let that hang because you kind of know yeah. what it is I'm thinking. Um, despite that not being necessarily their season, I might do something similar where I'm going to give them a little... Little sprinkle, little taste, um, and I and I and that idea is complete. I'm completely ripping that from you, yeah. um, un, unashamed to to admit that, because um, when you told me, I, I just thought to myself, I was like, that's not a bad idea, actually. <laughs> um, so, anywho, that anywho. should probably, yeah, maybe 
wrap it up for the month. Sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so how was that, listeners? That's kind of how we might do our episodes from now on. Less strict. We're going to jump around. I'm sure for those of you that love to skip past certain parts, you might be like, what is this? Don't worry. Jengis now just has a lot of work cut out for him because he has a lot of time codes to go through now. But down below in the information, you'll be able to find time codes if you didn't already. Um, it just might require a couple more little hop, skips, and jumps than you're used to um, from our, our very rigid like magic and D&D and board games. And But I thought this was nice. I thought this so, was nice. too. I like it. This is nice for, for, for a change of pace for year, for year four. Mm-hmm. I think this is good. And let us know your thoughts. Email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com. Yeah, your- <laughs> maybe we'll actually get an email for once and, uh, <laughs> you know, we can actually talk about it. That'd be nice. Uh, anyway, have a great month. Indeed. Game on. And yeah. uh, also, I would like to, ooh, this is a weird little shameless plug. Uh, Montclair State University, my alma mater for undergrad. Uh, the gaming club that I was a part of every year, they do a 48 hour gaming marathon uh, online to raise money um, for a charitable cause. And I believe their gaming marathon is coming up in the third week of March. I think um, it's set for. So be on the lookout. I'm sure you can find all the information about it um, online on the Facebook for Montclair University Gamers. Uh, they get a, a bunch of gamers, both pa- from past and present, to submit speed runs. Um, you know, that's part of the reason why I've never actually played. It's not just like, like when we do our pain in the ass a thon, we play pain, pain in the ass games, but we're not trying to break any records. We're not trying to speed run. We're not, we're not, you know, these aren't games that we've, we've mastered and played 8,000 times. Um, monthly university gamers, on the other hand, for their 48 hour gaming marathon, a lot of the people you watch playing these games are in fact trying to do the similar things that you've seen at like, you know, awesome games done quick and other speed runs of the kind where they try to, you know, they're they're trying to do crazy things in short short amounts of time. Yes. Um so be on the lookout for that. Um as well as possibly who knows, maybe Jenks now stream some arena sometime. You can watch us go head to head. Uh outside of that, have a game have a I almost said have a game a month. Um <laughs> but sure, have a game month. Have a great <laughs> game march. Um and uh yeah enjoy enjoy St. Patty's Day. Yeah, adios. Bye. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on DK.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode or you just want to say hi, email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com.